0: You just want to stand up with me and just honor Steve and welcome him up? Thank you, Wilson. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Bless the Lord. So good to be here. And thank you, Wilson, and team, Van and Lori, Luke, and the leadership team here. And it's just exciting to be here. I was here a few months ago and just met with the leaders here in Vineyard Northwest. And I said, hmm, God's doing something here. God's doing something here. And so it's just uh, its an honor to be back. And they asked the traveling speaker, how come everywhere you go revival breaks out? And he said, well, I just asked the Lord where the next revival is, then I go there. <laughs> That's how I feel about this place. Just say something's happening. And just uh, my wife, Wendy, she sends her love. She's in Reading, and she sent me out, and her spirit is always with me. And just um, believing this weekend is going to be just a powerful weekend. And, you know, the Saturday night crowd, you're a special crowd. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, you're either serious about Jesus or someone serious brought you (laughs) to be here on Saturday night. And I love having three meetings. And, you know, just tonight I'm going to share you my story because the message of hope... um, renewing the mind, believing lies instead of truth, victorious mindsets, laughing at lies, declarations, all of that, is all about my own story and my own journey with the Lord. And so I'll share with you tonight how that all happened and just what we believe, Wendy and I believe the Lord told us and has spoken to us and the focus and emphasis of our life. And... Tomorrow morning, we're we're gonna. I've got a message called "Change the Channel." About it's gonna be about self talk and about how we know whether what we're uh, listening to in our self talk is really from the Lord or not. And then tomorrow night, we're gonna um, just go after joy. Yeah, anybody here too joyful? (laughs) The joy of the Lord is our strength. A merry heart is good medicine. In His presence is fullness of joy. Joy in it says in Romans fourteen seventeen. The kingdom of God is not about meat and drink, but about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's one third of the kingdom. And I just um, hearing that a whole new joy movement is hitting the people of God. That's what I'm hearing. So anyhow, I want you to say this. Um, Say, God brought me here tonight. Because he believes in me more than I believe in myself. He's preparing me for something bigger than I know. Something's happening in me tonight. It's supernatural. It's going to increase. I'll never be the same again. It's going to influence the nations. Amen. Yay. I got four team members. Why don't you guys just stand up? They'll introduce themselves later. They're going to help me. Stand up, guys. There are four students at the School of Supernatural Ministry in Reading, they've been serving so well. Just uh, all weekend then they 're going to help me close tonight they 've been praying over you, and they 're going to share some things they 're believing the Lord is saying for you tonight. Anybody excited about that? Yes, how many of you have never heard me speak before? Just got to okay most most of you all right, let me start with a testimony i 'm by, by the way, I'm on staff at Bethel Church, Redding, California. Let me say that I work um, in a department called Global Legacy, and Global Legacy is the apostolic relational network of leaders around the world who say we want more of what's happening at Bethel Church uh, in, in our lives, especially church leaders. And so they can access through globallegacy.com, and there's uh, at, there's we have online curriculum and revival culture and. We believe that um, Global Legacy is an exporter of revival culture, culture of honor, the culture of goodness of God, the culture of valuing his presence, the culture of faith and risk, the culture of the prophetic calling the gold out in people, the culture of generosity, the culture of God is good. Someone say, God is good. And we also have what's called the Bethel Leaders Network, in which is a part of Global Legacy, which is a more intentional way for leaders to belong, if they really want to belong, to what's happening at Bethel. And what's happening at Bethel is just amazing. We have almost 2,500 students in the School of Supernatural Ministry. Uh, I'm amazed at the quality of people who are there. And, and So I work through that. Uh, I also travel about half the year. And uh, my wife and I, we have our own ministry called Igniting Hope Ministries. And we have a mandate to ignite hope. There's no hopeless circumstances. There's only hopeless people. And once people get true hope, circumstances uh, cannot stay the same. And so we, we, we have that. And, um, and, and I'll share a little bit more about that. And so we're, we're based in Reading. And I, have, I usually have interns, and I had an intern, uh, which are third-year students at the school, and I had an intern a few years ago, and his name was Levi. And Levi loved to share the gospel with people, but he noticed that if he would share the Lord with someone and they would say they're an atheist, he would move into non-victorious belief systems and believe his feelings and his past experience that he was ineffective in ministering to atheists. So he he decided to believe something different. By the way, these meetings are about deciding to believe something different. One of the the greatest revelations we can get is that we can think on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) So that doesn't feel like it. but, but So he decided to believe something different. Because he concluded that belief probably wasn't what the Lord wanted him to believe. So he decided to believe that if someone said they're an atheist, it was an exciting moment. And that God always showed up when he was around an atheist. So if someone would say they're an atheist, he would say this. Oh, really? That's so exciting. (laughs) Because God always shows up when I'm around an atheist. (laughs) So he's he's in the UK a few years ago and he sees a group of 10 to 15 teenagers and goes up to them and says something like this. "Hi, I'm from America. I've got some really good news. Jesus Christ loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life." There's a the girl who is obviously the leader of the group, she steps forward and she says this. "I'm an atheist." Let's just laugh at that by the way. <laughs> I'm an atheist. And Levi says, oh, really? That's so exciting. <laughs> because God always shows up when I'm around an atheist. <laughs> so he's talking to them for a while. And he asked them, any of you want to feel God? And they said, yes. And he said this. Put your hands out in front of you like this and say, Holy Spirit, come. (laughs) Yeah, guess what Holy Spirit did? (laughs) You give Holy Spirit an inch, he takes a mile. Holy Spirit came. Atheist girls got tears coming down her eyes. She and the whole group prayed to receive Jesus that day. Another whole group of teenagers got led to the Lord that day in the park. And I talked to a pastor uh, a few months after that day, and he said that day in the park rocked their school. Yeah, someone say wow. Wow. All because one person said, I'm going to believe something higher. I'm going to believe something higher than what I'm experiencing. You know, he, he, instead of renewing his mind with his past experience, Levi said, I'm going to renew my mind with the truth that God always shows up when I'm around an atheist. How many think that's probably more God's thought than he's ineffective around atheists? <laughs> and so people got caught up in his transformation and got saved and got saved. And so just that, that story so illustrates what we, what we want to go after. Now, I, I grew up on the north coast of California in redwood tree country. My dad was actually a redwood tree timber faller. And I did not know the Lord as a, uh, as a boy. And I graduated high school and I became a hippie. I actually had hair. And I did things that hippies did, and trying to seek, you know, meaning and life, reality, trying to fill the spiritual vacuum in my heart. And I put things in there, and they would, you know, give me a momentary satisfaction, but they didn't give long-lasting satisfaction. And then I finally met Jesus. Someone say yay. Yay. And I found out this, there's no high like the most high. That's what I found out. There's no high like the most high. And so I got saved with my hippie girlfriend, Wendy, <laughs> who became my wife a couple years later after we got some, some foundation under us, some rock and, instead of sand, and we, we were going to an Assembly of God church in Fortuna, California, which is by Eureka on the coast there. And we were in that church for 15 years. And when I first started going to the church, um, after I got saved, my belief system was that if I didn't feel saved in church, then I didn't think I was saved. And if they gave the altar call to be saved again, I would go up just to make sure. Then the Lord said, Steve, I've got good news for you. You are saved even when you don't feel saved. I said, wow, that's amazing. That's just amazing. I thought feelings were the highest indicator of truth there was. Ha <laughs> ha. Yep, we can laugh at that as well. <laughs> even after I heard that, I would come to church not feeling saved and they give the altar call to be saved I wanted to go up there so bad I want to go up there I can get that Lord says Steve do not go down there stay Steve stay (laughs) but Lord I want to go down there I got this spirit of heaviness on me I got this bad emotion and I know if I go down there I can get it off me he said, I'm going to show you how to get that thing off you. It's not by doing something different. It's by believing something different. It's actually by believing what I'm saying. <laughs> and so even, even what, what what I'll share, it, it, that, that was the beginning point, One of the beginning points for me of understanding God's pattern of believing and then seeing. Rather than seeing and believing. So we were there for 15 years, and I was on church staff of that for 13 of those years. And and those were years we were living in Romans 12.1, where it says to give your bodies as a living sacrifice to the Lord. And, you know, I mean, basically what that means is give God everything. Give him your heart, your will, surrender it all. Not my will be done, but your will be done. And it was a powerful season because we had a lot, Wendy and I, we we had, had as hippies, we had a lot of things to surrender. (laughs) A lot of things to surrender. (laughs) And, you know, learning how to do things God's way, how to do our relationship God's way, not the world's way, God's way. How to treat people God's way, how to live in integrity God's way. How to value and love, and and, and how to in relationships, and it, was, it was a powerful season. It was a season where we heard uh, what Isaiah heard when he had the encounter. By the way, say the word encounter. And just you know, just even as I say that, I'm hearing this over you that that the people who are listening to me, there's a new season of fresh Holy Spirit encounters for you. Fresh Holy Spirit encounters. This is the season. And he had an encounter, Isaiah 6, and he heard the voice say, Who will go for us? Who? And Isaiah said, Here am I, send me. Why don't you just say that? Here am I, send me. And I mean, that was a season where that's what we and I did. Here we are, send us. We lay it all down. And we ran the altars. We poured it out. We said, God, we give it all to you. You want to send us anywhere? You know, here we are. Send us. It was was a powerful season. And then in um, 1990, we began to feel a stirring that we were to become senior leaders. We're on staff, become senior leaders of a a church. By the way, there's people in this room uh, who are going to become senior leaders of churches. There's people. There's there's some who have already done, but there's people in this. There's some people in this room. You don't think that's you know yet that hasn't been your trajectory, but that's actually going to happen. Because there's there's a whole new wave of, of of church leaders that are being raised up, that uh, that's just to fulfill the harvest. The fields are white for harvest. The laborers are few. Jesus is that the prayer is being answered of laborers being sent into the harvest. And so we, we thought about where we would like to uh, be a senior leader at. We thought about Hawaii. Somebody's got to do it. There's people there. There's people there. <laughs> you know, San Diego. By the way, it's kind of by Cincinnati. You know, but it's kind of cold around here. It's like yeah, I mean, I'm in California. I was in Powell, Ohio last weekend. And, uh, and they, they had a level three road condition, Sunday morning, church canceled. So what is that? You got, and so, yeah, but I'm, you guys have a beautiful place, by the way. It's good, even though, even though it's a little chilly. <laughs> so we thought about Hawaii. How many of you have ever met Jehovah Sneaky? Jehovah Sneaky sent us out to pastor a small rural church in this, right in the middle of the state of Nevada, four hours from Reno, four hours from Vegas. There's a road that goes east-west to Nevada. It's Highway 50. There's signs on the road saying it's the loneliest road in America. And we were one hour off of the loneliest road in America. <laughs> In a place called now get this, in a place called Round Mountain, Nevada. Let's laugh at that by the way. (laughs) But we stayed there ten years and we knew that we knew that we knew we were supposed to be out there. We had a word. It Wasn't logical. I mean no God's not always logical. But we knew. We looked at we just had we just we, we know. And it was a powerful season. And rural, uh, 2,500 people in a radius of 40 miles. There's about 30 people in the church when we get there. And, but, but we just, we said God wants us here. and How many you know God likes to send people to deserts to teach them how to repent? And one of the best definitions of repentance is to change the way you think. So he said, here's, he said, I love your heart for Romans 12.1, but if you're going to see transformation, I've got to move you into Romans 12.2. On. Romans 12.2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and excellent and perfect will of God. That's a power verse. And and this is what we heard. He says, transformation doesn't come from surrendering your heart. It comes from surrendering your beliefs. transformation doesn't come from surrendering your heart it comes from surrendering your beliefs my wife Wendy she's crying out she's thinking her lack of breakthrough because she hadn't given her heart enough and she's just desperate in prayer God I give you my heart give you my heart She says, well, I guess I just can't give it to you and now just take my heart and God interrupts her prayer and says Wendy I have your heart now I need your mind I've got your heart now I need your mind. And, and so we found this out that surrendering our beliefs is more challenging on many levels than surrendering our heart. She heard this, Wendy, can you surrender the belief the beliefs that you're shy, <laughs> inadequate, and can't speak well in front of others? Can you surrender those beliefs? Ha <laughs> ha. And she says, But that's who I am. Ha <laughs> ha. And she heard, No, that's not that's not who you are, that's just who you've become. It's not who you are. That's just who you become, because you renew your mind with your past experience rather than what I say. He said, Steve, can you re- can you surrender the belief that you are a non influential person? leader well Laura I am I can hardly influence sagebrush (laughs) can you surrender that belief and you know it was it was it was a powerful time I mean and it wasn't convenient for us to surrender our beliefs because we had circumstances all around us telling us that what we believed was actually true (laughs) <laughs> you showed us John eight thirty two where it says the truth will make you free every area of our life where we believe truth in we get free every area of our life where we believe lies we're not free we get saved by believing in Jesus we get free by believing like Jesus We get saved by putting our faith in him, the finished work of the cross. We get born again. Someone just say born again. I mean, that's so exciting to get born again, man. Isn't it exciting? I remember I got born again. Woo! Wow, I'm born again. That was, that was the greatest day of my whole life and I love eternal life I love heaven I love all of that that's the the greatest hope but there's something the Lord wants to do in us and through us and bring transformation while we're here while we're here and so the, the battle is is really between lies and truth I'm not a devil focused Christian I'm a belief focused Christian I don't want to be ignorant or foolish about the devil but I don't talk about the devil very much. But I talk about what I believe all the time. Because if I believe truth, I get free. And if I'm free, it doesn't sound like the devil's bugging me very much. Just a thought. <laughs> Even to put on the full armor of God in Ephesians 6, you got to believe something to get those pieces on I mean, a helmet is, oh, well, that's a helmet of salvation. Ooh, that's, that's a good piece. <laughs> you put this thing on your thinking of all the benefits of your salvation. Man, healing, deliverance, sound mind, power, wisdom, blessing. That's, that's really good to have up there. But the thing I really like, uh, I mean, I like them all, the weapons, but the one that I really like is the the shield of faith or the shield of good beliefs. What's it say? Wherewith we can quench some of the fiery darts? How many? All? All the fiery darts? Hmm. That'll mess up some people's theology. Uh-huh. It's, it's like, wow. All right. So the battles between lies and truth. And now, so the question is, the question is, how do we know for believing a lie? Because the nature of deception is, is that you don't know you're deceived. Once you know you're deceived, you're no longer deceived. That's taught in deception class 101. So, God gave me an indicator. I was reading a book by a guy named Francis Frangipan called The Three Battlegrounds. Great book. And, and I, you, How many of you know you never know when you're reading a book when it's going to be the book? It's going to change your life. Our whole ministry, Igniting Hope Ministries, just came out of something. Just ah, read a book, boom! I got transformed. And one more. By the way, you know what I'm hearing over you? I'm hearing that your greatest transformation in your life is in the days ahead. It's not in the past, it's in the days ahead. The greatest revelation you're ever going to get is in the days ahead. Just turn to your neighbor and say, "That's that's a good word for you. By the way, before I get to that quote, there was just a few things I was hearing during worship. I just asked the Lord, what are you saying? I heard this, I heard it's a season to revisit Isaiah 60 and Isaiah 61. And I heard that some people in this room are going to memorize Isaiah 60 and Isaiah 61. And it's going to change everything. I heard that there's a Psalm 2-8 revelation in this group. Where it says, ask of me and I will give you the nations as an inheritance. And I saw, I saw a gift of faith coming on people to ask God for nations. I, I, I saw a gift of faith on people to ask God for Venezuela, Turkey, Iran. I, I saw just that, that there's a gift of faith coming on people to ask him for nations. This is a house of prayer. I feel it. I mean, there's, there's a, there's, this is a praying people here. And I know there's visitors as well. There's, uh, there's powerful intercessors in this room. And I see a, a, a Psalm 2-8 revelation. I heard this, marriages are being healed. I heard... I heard that somebody this week had something awful happen, and you're, you're still recovering from that. I heard that Romans, there's a Romans 828 reality that's happening concerning that situation, where it says all things work together for good for those who love God and they're called, they're called according to His purpose. I'm not saying that situation was good, but I'm saying there's a supernatural grace in that situation where that thing is going to turn out for good. I heard this doors are opening in a greater way into government, education, and media. That's what I heard. I heard there's inventors in this room. There's inventors in the room. Some of you already working on inventions, there's others you've never worked on any invention ever, and you're gonna you're gonna invent powerful things. Oh, that's exciting! <laughs> what is it? You're gonna find out. <laughs> I'm just re- reporting what I heard, hey, and you guys can hear as well. So, yeah, that those, those are, that's just uh, yeah. Just thank you, Lord, just for those words and just work them in our hearts. The the power. Of of hearing in a in a in an atmosphere like this, it's charged. This is an atmosphere of breakthrough. It's an atmosphere of revelation. So I was reading Francis Frangipan's book, and because how do we know for believing a lie? And he he basically said this in the three battlegrounds. He said every area of your life that doesn't glisten with hope, say glisten with hope. Every area of your life that doesn't glisten with hope means you're believing a lie, and that area is a stronghold of the devil in your life. Every area of your life that doesn't glisten with hope means you're believing a lie, and that area is a stronghold of the devil in your life. I read that, close the book, become instantly discouraged. (laughs) <laughs> it's a lot easier to blame the devil. I got discouraged. I'm trying to find one area of my life where I've got hope. Can't find one, let alone glistening hope. Didn't even know there was such a thing as glistening hope. Then I pray a dumb prayer Oh God. Would you please show me every lie that I am believing? That was dumb. I said, have prayed, Lord, show me 10% of the lies I'm believing. Because <laughs> I got the revelation, almost everything I was believing in my life was a lie, and I was pastoring a church. <laughs> yeah, we can't laugh at that. <laughs> <Mm-mm>. <laughs> I had good doctrine, but bad beliefs. Yep, I had good doctrine. I mean, most of us good. I've had a few upgrades since the 90s. <laughs> seen a few, a few things in Scripture I hadn't seen before. But uh, most of us good. Jesus is God, authority of Scripture, salvation by grace through faith alone, you know, not of works, can't work your way into heaven. It's, it's by believing in the finished work of Jesus. How I many you know that's, that's good doctrine? But how I many you know you can have good doctrine like that and still be a mess? <laughs> Because you're believing lies about God, believing lies about yourself, believing lies about people, believing lies about uh, circumstances, your finances, you know, your family, you know, whatever. And and he he he's a, he started to show me, wow, wherever I don't have great hope, that area is under the influence of a lie in my life. And that changed everything in my whole life. Our ministry is called Igniting Hope Ministries. Came out of that. And so we started stewarding that. And we started seeing uh, Bible verses that uh, supported that. Um, Hebrews ten twenty three, It says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. I mean, that's a lot of hope talk. Let us hold fast. Don't let go. Don't let go of what? The confession of your hope. Don't let it go. Hold it fast. Keep talking hope. And then it says, do it without wavering. Man, that's a double positive. That's a lot of hope talk I got. And then it tells us why? Because I'm not into positive thinking. I'm into biblical optimism. And this is a meeting about biblical optimism. And it tells us, right, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. It says, "For he who promised is faithful. He who promised is faithful. Say that. He who promised is faithful. Say it again. Say it louder. He who now the more I believe he who promises faithful is the more hope I'll talk. So it's not just positive thinking, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be positive. I'm not going to think any negative, no negative, nope, 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 positive. <laughs> no, it's rooted in believing the promises of God. The more we believe in the promises of God, the more hope we'll have. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The, the other verse that's so powerful in, in this area of, of where we understand that our hope level is the indicator of whether we're believing lies or truth is Romans fifteen thirteen, And it says, now, say now. wins now. Now? now? This is a smart group here. Now, may the God of hope fill you. Now, now, what's going to happen when the God of hope fills us? Think we might get a little hope? (laughs) Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Now, hope has two buddies who hang out with him. One's called all joy, the other's called peace. Peace. Anytime you find true hope, all joy. He's hanging out, stirring things up, you know, childlike this. Ah, you know, we, we can do this. Ah, what's God gonna do next? Uh, little kid in a candy shop mentality. And then peace, peace is basically, it's gonna be okay. We lean not on our own understanding. It's all gonna be good. It's gonna be okay. We're gonna be okay. Just say we're gonna be okay. And, and this is now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Say in believing. in believing. Then it goes on to say that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You become a hope abounder. You got so much hope you're you can't even stand still. You get the Tigger anointing. <laughs> I remember with my daughter Heidi, she was about 5 or 6 and I never really watched Winnie the Pooh. She's watching Winnie the Pooh, and I'm, I'm just thinking, and I see this bouncing tiger whose, whose name is Tigger. And I sense Holy Spirit says this to me Steve, welcome to one of your new mentors. Because <laughs> up to that time, Eeyore had been one of my mentors. <laughs> oh, it's Roth. Things are only going to get worse. Don't get your hopes up. You'll just be disappointed. Just keep watching CNN and Fox News. <laughs> then you'll become realistic. You know, you'll know what's going on. God has, by the way, God hasn't called us to be realistic. He's called us to be Supernatural. If you boil Romans 15 13 down to its essence, it's this Now may the God of hope fill you in believing. The moment I believe truth is the moment I start getting filled by the God of hope. Increased hope is the evidence of renewing my mind with truth instead of lies. Decreasing hope is the evidence of renewing my mind with lies instead of truth. Increasing hope is the evidence of renewing my mind with truth instead of lies. Decreasing hope is the evidence of renewing my mind with lies instead of truth. Pretty soon, I mean, you start believing truth and you you start getting filled. You get filled by the God of hope. Then it gets to your eyes. Wow, you actually see the same things differently. Oh, see me? Hey, I'm not as bad as I thought I was. I think God can even use me. I got a few issues, but God I think he can even use me. Hey, the people in my life, they're not as bad as I thought they were either. I think God can even use them. <laughs> hey, I think there's hope for America. Hey. Maybe what I'm feeling is not true. That's one of the greatest revelations we can get. Many of the things we feel are true are not true. So, wow, just, so I go, wow, just, so my hope level is the indicator of whether I'm believing lies or truth. Again, this is what we're hearing, and I'm reporting what we're hearing. You can pray about it yourself. The, these things I'm sharing with you have changed our lives. And so, our hope level is the indicator of whether we're believing lies or truth. Got a lot of hope, believing a lot of truth. Don't have much hope, believing a lot of lies. And there's no condemnation if we're believing a lot of lies. But how many know if you don't know what your problem is, you have a real problem? (laughs) If I'm a general and the enemy is over here and I'm shooting all my artillery over here, how many know I'm a bad general? That's how my spiritual warfare used to be. I was rebuking until my rebuker was worn out. I was binding everything that moved. (laughs) Then the Lord says, Steve and Wendy, I want you to redirect your greatest spiritual warfare guns at your own beliefs. And I want you to see what happens. And I want you to make your lack of hope a bigger enemy to you than anything the devil's doing. Now, I want you to see what happens when you actually go after that thing. (laughs) Uh, One of my, I got a couple definitions of hope. One of them is, uh, hope uh, is the belief that the future will be better than the present, and I have the power to help make it so. Hope is the belief that the future will be better than the present, and I have the power... To help make it so. Uh, another definition of hope is hope is the, uh, the confident, joyful expectation that good is coming. The confident, joyful expectation that good is coming. Hope isn't wishful thinking. It is a belief that the future is going to be better than the present. And that's, you know, when you think through God's promises, that's the only way we can think. It may feel challenging to think like that. It's been challenging for me, but, but that's, that's where we're going. That's where we're going. We heard this, Stephen Wendy. your hopelessness about a problem is a bigger problem than the problem. My hopelessness about a problem is a bigger problem than the problem. Say that with me. My hopelessness about a problem is a bigger problem than the problem. Say it again. My hopelessness about a problem is a bigger problem than the problem. Let's say it again. My hopelessness about a problem is a bigger problem than the problem. So let's say I'm battling hopelessness in my finances. My hopelessness about that financial thing about my finances is a bigger problem than anything going on in my finances doesn't mean I'm not doing other things education working hard giving whatever but the greatest thing I need to do is believe something different because if I try to change circumstances without changing beliefs I'm not going to see long lasting transformation my hopelessness about that area of personal weakness is a bigger problem than the area of personal weakness. If I try to change something in my life without going, what's the lie that's creating my lack of hope about that thing? Then I'm probably not going to see long lasting transformation. My hopelessness about what's going on in America is a bigger issue than what's going on in America. Unless I don't believe who God says I am, that's what He was telling us. That that you go after hopelessness and you say, "What is the lie that's creating that lack of hope?" That's one. That's a powerful question. It it is, and and so we were, man. It it was like, okay, we're we're getting overhauled. We're getting our beliefs overhauled, (laughs) but we were getting excited. Because once you start, you know, you you take that phrase, my hopelessness about a problem is a bigger problem than the problem, that breaks off all victim mindsets. I used to feel I was a victim of four things. Victim of the devil was number one. The devil wasn't after me so much I could really do something. Let's laugh at that. Uh Uh Uh-huh. 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 I was a victim of the people in my life. It's these people you've given me, God. Trying to fly like an eagle, and I'm landlocked with all these prairie chickens. (laughs) Let's give an extra laugh on that one. (laughs) I thought I was a victim of my past. Yeah, if I could be like my senior leader, Bill Johnson, Bethel Church, fifth generation, pastor's son. And I'm a first generation, recovering, insecure, burnout, paranoid hippie. (laughs) Got some baggage back there, baggage. Pops up every once in a while, pops up. Bill doesn't have that (laughs) pop-up. And then I used to think I was a victim of a preordained plan of God that put limits on me. A victim of a preordained plan of God that put limits on what my life could be. You know, God predestined Billy Graham, Bill Johnson, Benny Hinn, level 10. <laughs> level 10 Christians. And I was predestined to be level 3. And if I really sacrificed and gave God my heart fully, I'd maybe get up to 3.1. Lord says you're not a victim of those things, you're not a victim of the devil, people, your past, my preordained plan that's put limits on you. You're just a victim of your own bad beliefs. Thank you, Lord, for that encouragement. <laughs> Thank you, it always comes back to me. I'm not trying to tell me I'm more powerful than I think I am. <laughs> He showed us Second Corinthians ten four and five, the most um, quoted spiritual warfare passage in the Bible, where it says, "The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God, to the pulling down of strong." Oh, someone just go. Rah. And it says, we demolish arguments. Say, I demolish arguments. We demolish arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, taking every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So, I mean, the only command that's given in that spiritual warfare passage, it's not talking about regional demonic principalities. It's talking about belief systems and our own thinking. The highest level of spiritual warfare is the decision to think higher than what you're experiencing. Think through God's promises. The highest level of spiritual warfare is to capture thoughts when I decided to believe that I was saved when I didn't feel saved that was higher level spiritual warfare than me rebuking the spirit of Jezebel for 30 minutes (laughs) that was major league professional warfare That's that's, that's big stuff. I mean, because here's what I believe. The greatest strongholds blocking the purposes of God are not regional demonic principalities. They're belief systems in the minds of Christians. That's what I believe. We don't discount regional principalities. And there's times where we deal directly with the devil. We need to. But the devil really isn't our biggest problem. Our thinking is our biggest problem. We think right, the devil can't do anything. I mean, the only weapon the devil has is a lie. All he's got is a mouth. He's been disarmed and defeated. He has no arms and no feet. You like that, man? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you can have that one, <laughs> It's kind—it's kind of it's corny, but
1: <laughs> no arms and no feet. <laughs> <laughs> Ha ha ha
0: Where was I? (laughs) He had no no arms, no feet. That's right. The only weapon he has is a lie. That's all he's got. I mean, I I, I love it. You know, I mean, just it says we demolish arguments. The greatest argument to be demolished is the argument of past experience. To me, that's the, the greatest strongholds blocking the purposes of God are, are, are rooted in Christians getting their beliefs from the past rather than what he says. We don't deny the past. We just can't get our beliefs out of them. I remember... I remember... What's that? why is a serpent. Oh. Oh. Someone go, hmm, hmm. That's why he's a serpent. I've got to come to Cincinnati to get an upgrade. Uh, on my revelation. Wow. <laughs> Matt, you told me I was going to get revelation to, in this meeting. You told me you told me that. It just happened. All right, so (laughs) let's get it together here. Let's get it together. (laughs) It is the argument of past experience. I remember when, after we were in Nevada for 10 years, we went and pastored in Weaverville, California, 2001. The first week I'm there, someone comes up to me and says, Steve, I want to let you know this city is hard for the gospel. Now, I knew if I believed that, I would become the biggest problem in my city. I'd be the regional principality. That <laughs> if I believed that, if I, if I created an identity for my city out of its past, I'd be the problem. We don't, we don't, we don't deny the past. We just can't get our beliefs out of it. We, don't say, we can say, it's been hard. Wow! But this is an easy place. Because in Romans four seventeen it says, God who gives life to the dead by calling those things that are not as though they are. That's how God thinks. That's how he works. And it is, you know, faith comes by hearing in the positive and negative. This place is hard. Yep, I just came here. I feel it's hard. And then faith comes by hearing. Oh, amen. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. My stronghold gets bigger. Hard. Yep, someone else prophet says, I've got a word for you. Your region is oppressed. <laughs> oh, thank you, Brother Prophet. My stronghold gets bigger. <laughs> and by the way, you know, whatever our stronghold is, um, one of the natures of strongholds in our thinking is that a stronghold is, is always looking for evidence of what it already believes to be true. Whatever our stronghold is, I mean, positive and negative. If you've got a stronghold that you're a person of favor, all you're going to see is you'll, you just, you'll just see favor. If you have a stronghold of rejection, that you're the rejected one, all you'll see, all you want to see is, is rejection. Because that's your stronghold's looking for confirmation. If you've got a stronghold that America's going down the tubes, that's all you'll see. Is America's going down the tubes? That's all. That's all. That's all you'll pick up on. Yep, I told you so. True. 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 That's a whole other message. But I want to talk about weapons, and we'll just we'll we'll wrap it up. I want to talk about. Says the weapons. Say weapons. Weapons. Says of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. God's given us powerful weapons to pull down bad belief systems in our own mind. Makes me happy. The word of God's a weapon. Love encounters is a weapon. People have got ministries to heal us up from the past that breaks strongholds. But I love uh, two strongholds. I mean, I love uh, two strongholds. I do. I love stronghold of joy and hope. I love two weapons. The weapon of declarations and the weapon of laughter. Written books on them. I've, I've, you know, just uh, spent a lot of time. And uh, the one, the weapon of declaration, because declarations are faith statements about what's true that we make. It says, let the weak say, I'm strong. So it's an illustration of a declaration of a person in a weak experience says, I'm strong. I'm a strong person having a weak experience. I'm, I'm not a weak person. I, if, I, if I'm battling weakness, I'll go to the doctor, get prayer, take medication. But I'm not going to call myself weak. Because if I call myself weak, that that thing's bigger than anything the devil's doing. And so declarations are a way to dismantle Uh, identities rooted in the past and create strongholds rooted in what he says now I used to get irritated at song leaders and by the way worship tonight was so powerful thank you worship team and the church I used to get irritated uh, at song leaders because they would constantly repeat the same phrases over and over again have me sing them I say, can't we move on? (laughs) And I felt like the Lord says, Steve, that's the only way I can get you to say it. The only way I can get you to say truth is with music. I was just thinking tonight, man, we sang some good things. With every loss and victory, my soul will rise to only bring you glory. Man, I'm saying it. It chases God, your, your, your reckless love. It chases me down. Wow! The, the Bible says faith comes by hearing. So if I'm going to believe something different, i got to hear something different. I'm not going to wait for you to say something. I'm going to say it to me. I wrote a book called You're Crazy If You Don't Talk to Yourself. <laughs> validate some people in this room (laughs) there's no shadow you won't light up no mountain you won't climb up no wall you won't kick down lie you won't tear down Ah! i said that i got faith began to rise in me anybody else feel it tonight man we're saying that our faith rises we said a bunch of other things You're never going to let me down. Man, I started singing. I started as I was saying it, I started believing it. You are good. Oh, (laughs) we sang that. 30, 40 times. You are good. Oh. By his stripes I am healed, we sang tonight. Whew. I will rejoice in the simple gospel. We sang that. Man, I don't know. The Lord says, Steve, I, I, I got to get you to say it without music. Because both the devil and God need our words to accomplish their wills. And that's a whole other teaching. I'll get into that deeper this weekend about the power of declarations. You can't change your life without changing how you talk. And I've got to hear something higher than what I'm experiencing. Many of the things I'm experiencing in my life right now is because of what I said 20 years ago. When it was ridiculous, I'm out in the desert... And the Lord says, I want you to say you're influencing nations. I said, God, shouldn't I wait until after I'm influencing nations before I'm saying I'm influencing nations? Let's laugh at that. Uh You say you're probably never going to influence nations unless you say it. I'm not saying it to other people. I'm saying it to me. I'm not trying to convince you. I'm trying to convince me because the stronghold in me says, you can't believe that. That's not true for you. Because there's something uniquely wrong with you. Let's laugh at that by the way. Ah. <laughs> the other weapon is weapon of laughter. This is what we'll end with, and then the team will come up and minister and um I used to be a joy impaired, laughter impaired Christian. And I got delivered. Some would be crying in church. I'd go, oh, yes, amen. God is moving. And he probably was moving. Some of you laughing in church, I'd be troubled and uncomfortable. If they really got it, they wouldn't be laughing. And I found out, man, I just... And tomorrow night, we'll really go deeper into the, the biblical basis of joy and, and a merry heart is good like medicine and Proverbs seventeen twenty two. By the way, laughter is one of the main ways to stay emotionally and physically healthy. But, it, but to laugh, you have to let go of something. That, that's it, because to laugh. I've been married to Wendy 41 years. We love each other. We're best friends, but we still don't always agree with each other. Let's laugh at that. Ha-ha, uh-huh. ha-ha. Uh-huh. And when we're not agreeing, especially when I think she's really wrong, I'm not laughing. Because if I laugh, she'll think things are okay. Things are not okay around here. I'm a victim of you. My joy depends on your behavior. For me to walk in biblical joy, I need you to do what I think you should be doing. <laughs> but how do you know when I finally laugh? Woohoo! How do you know I've let go of that thing? Whatever it was, anger, manipulation, frustration, whatever that thing was, you can't hold on to those and laugh at the same time. And I know we don't laugh all the time, we we'll weep with those who weep, I get that. Sometimes all we do is cry with people, and sometimes in brave communication we're not laughing. But I'll tell you this, laughter is a powerful weapon. And one thing that I've noticed, that it says in Psalm 2, 4, it says, He who sits in the heavens laughs. And that, you know, how many of you here want to become more like God? Yeah, thank you for those hands, I'm setting you up. <laughs> The question is, what's God laughing at? Some say us. <laughs> Maybe true, but it's not the context. The context is he's laughing at what his enemies are saying and planning. He says, here's what the devil's... <laughs> <laughs> he laughs in heaven. And so I got an idea. If God's laughing at what his enemies are saying and the devil's my enemy, I'm going to do an experiment. I'm going to laugh at his lies and see what happens. Because lies sound really real in the darkness of our thinking. Oh, yes, amen. If I don't feel saved, that means I'm not saved. Yes, amen. If it feels this true, it's got to be true, because this really feels true. But then I say it out of my mouth. I put language to that lie. My salvation is dependent upon my feelings. That's just stupid. Stupid. Stupid! It's laughable. So, can I do an experiment with you and share some of the devil's all-time favorite lies, and you do an experiment and laugh? Okay? Some of them you're gonna laugh really easily. <laughs> Others you're gonna laugh. You know, be deeper lies. You'll, pro- you'll laugh maybe like this. Because <laughs> you're actually being delivered of something. <laughs> And what I'd like you to do is I'd like you just to laugh just a little bit louder than you were planning. <laughs> if you're only going to give me a smile, just make a little noise. <laughs> you guys good? Are you guys ready? Let's just start off with one of his favorite lies. This is this is really one of his favorites and let's give a hearty laugh on this one. <clears throat> you are a failure. <laughs> let's give an extra laugh on that one. <laughs> How about this one? God loves you, but he does not like you. (laughs) God will not meet your needs in the future. (laughs) Uh Because his ability to provide for your needs is dependent on how the economy is doing. (laughs) You like that one? (laughs) Or, or, or it's dependent on how you are doing. That goes after deeper belief systems. <laughs> oh. what's, this, what's this region called? Midwest? Well, I mean, is it... Cincinnati, I'll, just, I'll do it this way. The Cincinnati region is an impossible region for worldwide revival... To break out from. (laughs) As a matter of fact, because of this region's sinful history, God doesn't even like this region. Here's a a good one. <laughs> I'm gonna have to review the instructions here. You're supposed to laugh after the lie. Yeah, just, uh, <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> there's a group over here jump jumping the gun. <laughs> just just uh, <laughs> In key decisions that you will need to make in the future, you will not know what to do. (laughs) (laughs) And if you make the wrong decision, God won't know what to do. And then one of the devil's all-time favorite lies, laughter in the church is from the devil. That's a good meeting when your cheeks hurt, right here. <laughs> yeah. that, that just, that's just a good meeting. I mean, oh, oh, isn't it fun just to laugh? So therapeutic. And you just say, man, that, those, that stuff's ridiculous. Why don't you just uh, laugh just for a few more seconds? So that was... It was so powerful when... Because the renewing of the mind without the joy of the Lord becomes burdensome. It's burdensome because... I'm a mess! I'm a mess. Oh, I don't know. I just believe just lies, lies. But then you actually enter the joy of the Lord into it. And you can just start laughing at some of the things we believe. You know, then, then it actually starts, the oil of gladness gets mixed into the process. And, and it actually can be fun. Because everybody in this room has got some bad beliefs in some areas. And, and just to start, hey, I'm going to go after that. And so we just say thank you, Father, just for tonight, and thank you for yeah, just the power of your word. Thank you for Romans twelve one, surrendering our heart, our will. Romans twelve two, surrendering our beliefs. Thank you, Lord, for John eight thirty two, the truth is going to make us free. Thank you that our hope level is the indicator of whether we're believing lies or truth. Our hopelessness about a problem is a bigger problem than the problem. Thank you for Romans 15, 13, where it says that now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Thank you that um, increasing hope is the evidence for renewing our mind with truth. Thank you for that. Thank you for a room of great people tonight who who you're, you've got so much belief in. Thank you that their beliefs are starting to align uh, with your belief in them, thank you that they are not who their past says they are, but they are who you say they are. Thank you, Father, for just the power of understanding true spiritual warfare—that it's it's the, it's capturing of thoughts. And thank you, Father, for the the weapons of declarations and speaking truth and speaking true identity into ourselves and our our cities and our our future. And thank you for the power of laughter that helps us break off the absurdity of getting our beliefs from our past experience. So if you guys receive this word, say "I I receive it. I'll never be the same again. Something happened in me tonight. It was supernatural. I'm never going to be the same again. And it's going to influence the nations. Amen. Give God thanks. Give him praise. Yeah, give him a shout. Give him a shout of praise. Freedom Freedom Woo Ha ha man just preached myself happy couple books I want to give away. uh, Our ministry, Igniting Hope. Uh, You can find us at ignitinghope.com. We do a 40-day negativity fast positivity feast every year for Lent. It's starting this year March 10th. It's a powerful 40-day mini Renewing the Mind School. And so just go to our website. Some of you may have already done that. Uh, Who's done that? Anybody here? Yeah. It's a a powerful uh, time, and there's two levels that we have on that a free level and then there's another level where you can get a few more of our resources we use this book igniting faith in 40 days as the devotional for the 40 days and and it's a powerful thing so I'm going to give that right there yep (laughs) Uh, I think maybe one per family but you know just uh, you know just uh, I know (laughs) there's always advantages of sitting in the front row there's a book called uh, "The Culture of Empowerment: How to Champion People." It takes Bill Johnson's quote: "My goal is not to build a big church, but to build big people." And uh, the empowerment, the culture of empowerment, is not a management style; it's a lifestyle. It's a way of thinking. It's a it's a empowering beliefs, empowering language. Um, the the young lady, uh, third row, yes, yep. I want to give it to you because this is a book for all leaders. I'll let you come up here. So, yeah, what's your name? Ariel. Yeah, hey Ariel. I hear that uh, you are a releaser of supernatural, and and I hear the Book of Acts is coming alive to you like never before, and you're a releaser of the encounters of the Book of Acts. That's what I heard. And lastly, this is a book called Let's Just Laugh at That for Kids. Let's just laugh at that, by the way. Uh 20 Lies Children Are Tempted to Believe, and actually I'm tempted to believe these lies. The first lie in the book, let's just laugh at it, is is this. It's not fair. (laughs) Anybody ages 6 through 10? You got kids? Yeah, right here. There you go. Oh, you know what? Yay! We'll get we'll get you another. We'll get you another one later. I've got Volume One, Volume Two, that, and then it's got five laughter weapons: the LaFoshine gun, the Ha-Ha hammer, the Giggle grenade it's a, it's a great it's a great resource uh, children's churches are using it and the devotionals and just giving it to the children to read it just blasts away lies all right so come on up team i'm just so excited about them they've been serving so well and uh, I'll have them introduce themselves, and then each of them is just going to take uh, just take a moment to release a word. I've asked them just to pray about you, and you know, either regionally or the people in the room tonight, and 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 just and what they get, we submit whatever they hear to the Word of God, to the leadership of this house. To we know that um, you know we don't make one major decisions just based on one prophetic word like this, but this type of culture is so powerful to hear uh, words. That you, many of you have received words in this type of setting that have changed your life. So, Matt, won't we start with you? What I heard about. Uh, oh, I'm I'm
2: Matt. Yeah, I'm I'm a third year student at the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry, and I'm on Steve's team this year, which is a, a privilege and a and a real joy. Where are you from? I'm from England. You're from England. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Old England, not New England. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm passionate when I see God, God moving in people and transforming people you see the presence of God come on someone. when you see them go away changed from, from, from seeing them touched by God's manifest presence and them go away transformed from that encounter that, that really rises, raises up a passion in me um, to, to bring that encounter to more people um, to, to, yeah, to see that happen more and more. So, so that's a real passion of mine. Um, what I was hearing over, over this uh, over this city and over this region is is Matthew ten seven. The kingdom of heaven has come near. The kingdom of heaven has come near. And, and each of you, when you are going out into, into, into schools, into workplaces, down to the shops, to the mall, the kingdom of heaven has come near. And, and I bless you because that, the kingdom of heaven is what's inside us. The kingdom of heaven is that mustard seed that's grown in us. It's the seed that's planted in good soil. The, the, those things in the kingdom are, are what you're taking out into all those places in this region. And the kingdom of heaven has come near here. And because of that, I see I see in, in, in you um, that you're bringing to this region 2 Corinthians 12.12. 12. Perseverance is what you've been bringing to this region. Signs and wonders are coming. Signs and wonders are following that perseverance. That's what 2 Corinthians 12.12 12 tells us. That following perseverance, signs and wonders follow. And this is, in, in this region, there are signs and wonders being released in this region like never before. Yeah, so I bless what is happening here. Because it's, it's a, a blessed and special thing. And God is moving. God is on the move. Yeah.
3: Hi, I'm Devon. I am a second year student at uh, Bethel Supernatural School of Ministry. I am originally from Alaska. <laughs> yes, um, I have three children. Uh, ages 7, 9, and 11. I was homeschooling before we came uh, to Bethel, and I was involved in business. We owned some businesses in the oil field. Um, I am passionate about authenticity and people really encountering the supernatural and the real Holy Spirit and just really having um, an intimate, personal relationship with Him. So there's a few things that I heard over the city. Um, And... This is a city of supernatural and chosen family and community. And you guys embody that. You embody that you can come in here and people who have not had community, had not had family, they will find it here. You welcome that in and you bring that in. You bring them into being known and valued and seen. You are an embodiment of that in this house. Um, This is a city of restoration and innovation. So just to jump off your word, yeah, inventions. So restoration and innovation that you guys not only get to have parts of your city restored, but also people's lives restored here. And this is innovations. New things are coming. New inventions, new works of God. It's, It's beautiful. And... Also, to jump off Matt's word, this is a city of supernatural encounters. I just see people. um, We hear these beautiful, beautiful testimonies of people encountering the man in white in, uh, you know, overseas and stuff. This is going to happen in your city. People are going to walk in and they're going to be like, I met this man in white and he told me to come here because this is where I will meet Jesus. I will meet him and I will meet the Holy Spirit because you guys embody that, you carry it, and this is where they'll be sent. Wow. So. Yay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
3: Hello,
4: everybody. My name is Shereen and I'm a second year student at BSSM. Uh, I grew up in Hawaii. Uh, we were military, so I moved away at 20 and um, been traveling around the United States actually. Um, before being a student, I was a homeschool mom of five. Um, and the oldest is 21, and the youngest is 12. So it is possible. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're okay (laughs) they made it (laughs) i did not fail (laughs) so um (laughs) (laughs) during worship actually i was um i was feeling a sense of um just the lord was I, I got a heart for this church, and I felt like he's saying that you guys are such a good bride. And in um, Revelation 19, where it says the bride has made herself ready, I feel like you guys have made yourself ready. You, and who knows, when you're a bride and you make yourself ready and you um ready to walk down to your groom, you know who you are. You've you've been preparing. You you know your identity in Christ, and I feel like He is just ready to use that. He's ready to empower you to go out and um, empower the city. And I actually got Ezekiel's. Um, I got a picture of Ezekiel's river, and how um, when it starts at the, in the at the temple, it's the waters are kind of shallow. But as it goes further and further from the temple door, the the waters get higher. And um, in verse twelve. Uh, Ezekiel 47 verse 12 it says along the bank of the river on this side and that will grow all kinds of trees used for food their leaves will not wither and their fruit will not fail they will bear fruit every month because their water flows from the sanctuary their fruit will be for food and their leaves for medicine and and I just really feel like uh, the Lord is just using all of you to um Bear his fruit, and people are going to be so hungry for the word, and they 're going to see that fruit in you because you have covenant with God and you know who you are and and you'll um, you'll be so um what's the word I'm looking for approachable that they know this person carries uh, the father 's heart um,
1: wow.
4: and I did want to do one more thing is anybody in here a hairdresser hairdresser please can you stand up anybody a hairdresser just stand up please I just um, I just feel like there's such an anointing in your hands. When you make fee- people feel beautiful, you get um, their hair, and, and um, you just change how they feel about themselves, and they begin to know their, who their identity is, and they're going to walk in to your, and sit in your chair, and you're going to shift what they think about themselves and impart joy to them. And, and when they walk out, they're going to be totally different. They're going to be changed. hey
5: everybody I'm Yannick from Germany 28 years old (laughs)
1: Um,
5: I'm doing my third year right now in in Redding, California the School of Supernatural Steve is my mentor Uh, we were having a we do have a really great year. We have a lot of fun. I travel a lot with him. It's really cool to go to different churches. I'm really passionate about German beer. <laughs> and, and barbecue. <laughs> uh, American, yeah, we were just in Texas. We had some really good barbecue. I don't know about the Ohio barbecue. I haven't had it. yeah other than that i'm i'm really passionate about the body of christ i'm really passionate about jesus and see him um yeah get his full reward i love signs and wonders miracles see believers walk in his power and know him hear him yeah i just love him and i heard some really good stuff for you Uh, One of the things, by the way, I heard earlier during worship, um, this is a house of songwriting. So I see songs coming out of that house. (sighs) Yes, let's go for it. (laughs) On you here, the second person in the second row. Yes, you. Can you stand up? What's your name? Vanessa, I just heard there's a mantle of humility on your life and teachability. Um, I really see your humility transform this city. So I just bless you. Then the sir over here with the red shirt. Yeah, you, can you stand up? I just heard you are a father of fathers and a leader of leaders. And I see a gift of discipleship on you that is going to transform the new generation. So I bless you. <laughs> by the way, by the way, this section over here, can you all stand up?
0: The whole section.
5: <laughs> I I see a new baptism of the Holy Spirit falling on you. It's a baptism of the holy laughter. So we just release joy right now over you in a new way and in a new proportion and in a new level in Jesus' name. Yes, we just say more right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We bless you in Jesus' name. More for Wilson in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. More. More. shall we wait (laughs) yes just keep receiving just keep receiving stay in there stay in there then the sir next to the lady with the hat yeah you can you stand up um, I see a, I see a gift of hunger on your life um, and your hunger um, is, is is passing away for this for this church here right now to step into a deeper level so I bless you then the man the man back there with the orange shirt can you stand up <laughs> I hear, I hear passion and fire. You are a man of passion and fire. <laughs> yeah. We bless you.
1: <laughs>
5: and then um, everybody that feels hot hands right now or tingling in their hands, please stand up. I... I, I There's a gift of healing on your life, a gift for miracles and signs and wonders. And right now, this gift is increasing. In Jesus' name, we say more, Father. We say an impartation of power into their hands, creative miracles, people getting out of the wheelchairs, people getting raised from the dead. This is what you guys do. This is what you guys are meant for. So more, Father. We say more in Jesus' name. And then um, the lady in the back with the blonde hair with the red shirt, can you stand up? You are a woman of reconciliation. And I see you reconciling families to each other again. I actually see a reconciliation in your own family happening right now. Um, I, see, I see a son. I don't know. I see a son coming back. I don't know if that means anything. But um, we bless that. And your prayers are powerful. And they actually change families in this city. So I bless you. Yeah. good well actually I have one more
0: yeah
5: <laughs> yeah father we just say more over here thank you Jesus we just say more joy father more fire thank you for a new baptism Jesus we bless what you are doing, Holy Spirit. We bless what you are doing. And then over here, um, the lady in the first row. Yeah, you. Um, can you stand up? I, I, I heard Joshua 1, verse 6. Be strong and of good courage. Yes, you have a gift for courage. So bless you.
0: Someone say wow. <laughs> oh, woohoo man, that was good. Thank you, team, just for that powerful ministry. And the ministry time's just gonna keep going. We're gonna um, we're gonna um, transition a little bit here. I don't know if I let's just figure out Holy Spirit. What's that? <laughs> Can we just have this section stand again? <laughs> and um, here's, uh, here's what we're going to do. If some of you would be good if you went over there and joined them, just just uh, if you feel like joining them and just, uh, you know, just saying, Holy Spirit, let's just um, let's p- just pray for one another. Just pray for one another and just release fresh fire. Lord, we thank you for fire. We thank you, Lord, for freedom. Freedom. Yeah, just thank you, Lord. Where's, um, I I want Yannick to come up here, and, uh, Devin, come up here. Devin, I want you up here. And, um...
5: Yeah,
0: and <laughs> yeah, just uh, yeah, just Father, just increase the water level. Uh, Devin, why don't you come on up here and just release something over him? Release
1: yeah, it. Just,
3: just put your hand. Up.
5: Just, just lay your hands on each other, next to each other. Yes, we say more, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you're doing. Just start blessing each other. Just release it, release it. We drink and we release, we drink and we release, we drink and we release. Father, we say increase right now in Jesus' name. More, Father, more. More. Yes, we say holy laughter, holy laughter. Thank you for joy, Father. Thank you. (laughs) Increase. <laughs> Whoa. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> more, Father. Yes, Lord. We say more. We say more. We say more. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Whoa. Sorry. Whoa. Yes, keep drinking, keep drinking. Whoa. More. Keep drinking. Oh. There's always more. There's always more. You can't out drink heaven. There's always more.
0: I think what we're gonna do is we're gonna give them an opportunity to participate in the small group things so and just do the healing
5: thing. Yeah, that's good. I like yeah. That.